When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio. ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance along with Hembo. Evan Cohen with you in for Greeny. What's wrong? I have to, I got to be honest about something. Okay. I'm getting a tad self-conscious. I'm not sure if that's an emotion or if it's just a state of being. But in the last hour... You, or you just you want to make you want to make sure you decipher because you don't want to be attached to having emotion. I don't want to come across as emotional or as over emotional or right. as sensitive or having feelings. Worst yet, or being a human. Really overrated. Yeah, the humanity of being a human. Got it. Yeah. But over the last hour, mm-hmm. you have declared yourself definitively better looking than I am, and you have I declared don't know that I said that. Oh, you definitively say that. Can't pull the tape. I I think that I think you and I in relation to radio feel like supermodels. Oh, no doubt. Uh, that, Neither of us happen to be good looking. No. But in relation it, to it was, radio. It was where you placed me in the hierarchy between us that has me a little bit, you know, in my feelings, you might say, uh, to use the parlance of our time. And you also declared Cam the heartthrob of ESPN radio and have been exuding or exalting his, his sex cool. appeal. No, I said he's cool. No, 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 no. You went beyond that. You, you asked what, what made me think of that. And I said, when I saw him last week or two weeks ago, he was tall, lanky, had the cool denim jacket, had the little fur thing on the top of the denim jacket, and had a coolness factor. You were extolling his appearance. And you as, asked me the question. I'm answering the question. But here's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm six feet from you. I've right. never gotten anything but ridicule from you on my appearance, whether it be the way that my face looks or the, ch- or the clothing that I choose to wear. Well, Here you are asking Brandon if you think Cam is sexy. His that, answer was oh completely out of bounds. I'm right here. First of all, how could I critique your look when we literally wear the same things every day? That's why you seem to critique our look. Okay, you want to you wanna do this now for Let's those do it now. watching on the ESPN app? Yeah. Okay, again, we did not plan this, but here we go. I am taking my jacket off. I have a, what color is this? It's a blue, but Smoke literally blue. we walk in today and the two of us are wearing the same exact color shirt. I, yet again, <laughs> this has happened, I think, six times. I'm not kidding. It's just, and this is not like the normal shit. This is so bizarre. <laughs> like this is like a, this is like the thing that I chose to wear so I wouldn't match with you, and we look exactly the same. Yeah, like literally. I'm so thrown off by all of this, and this is why I'm so self conscious. <laughs> this is so weird looking on camera right now. I hate it. It's I, so awkward. I, I think I don't. I don't know if this should make me or you feel worse or if the answer is both. both. Okay, yes. the answer is both. I'm going to throw in my earpiece now. You're throwing out your earpiece? I'm throwing it in. It, it popped off. Oh, okay. All right. When I was undressing, which apparently Cam should never do around you. Oh, my God. you got to calm down. Jeez, I said I'm nothing. not comfortable with this. I have said nothing of the such as to what he is saying. Cam, he said I smoke cigarettes and I'm from the 60s. You guys are misremembering. Oh, yeah, that I said. You guys are misremembering <laughs> yeah. the last segment. By the way, when we asked... 
Brandon, in effect, if he thought you were good looking, he says he says he's never seen your full body. Like he needs to see Whoa, your lower Brandon. half before he decides if you're good looking. Which is well, just it's a- like the combine. You got to see the forty yard dash. You got to have the wonderlick test. You got to have throwing drills. It's just you got to a- have a little bit of everything. Yeah, just- all he has from me right now is a sixty yard throw in practice, yeah. and we don't know if that gets you anywhere. Exactly Zach. right. It's a weird thing to say though out loud. It's one thing to think it. It's he another didn't thing say to it on the air. Say you did. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, everything that is said in this room is effectively fair game, we've decided. Okay. You've decided. Yeah, you've de- it's your show. We're just here no, with it's you. A, it's our show. It's well, our show. Uh, well, no, I'm going to put this on you today because none of this stuff that is being conveyed was conveyed for the masses. I can't I, believe we're both wearing this shirt. It's really, what color is this? It's like a smoky blue, maybe. Okay. It All looks right. like a cigarette that Cam smoked, and it was blue before. I don't think I've ever blue. smoked a cigarette in my life. Neither have I. You'd remember if you did. You've never smoked a cigarette, no. right? Yeah, I didn't think so. No. All right, anyway. Pretty straight uh, Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, was on Get Up today and had a fascinating take in my mind about the Kansas City Chiefs and the either-or of Mike Evans' wide receiver joining the team or re-signing Chris Jones. If the Bucks can't lock him up and he does commit to going elsewhere, the Kansas City Chiefs should absolutely be per- pursuing Mike Evans. I understand the dynasty that is the Chiefs. I talked about how they can morph into many different things. But we should not forget the middle of the season. We should not forget the league-leading number of drops that the Chiefs faced. I don't know that it is sustainable to do what they did in this postseason. They've got to go get weapons, and Mike Evans should be absolutely at the top of their list, he would be a game changer for Patrick Mahomes. Jeff, what would not be sustainable in that scenario is their salary cap. they got to take care of Chris Jones, Legereus Sneed. Oh, by the way, their left tackle, Donovan Smith, before we get to Mike Evans. But think about it. I would rather fit. Mike Evans than Chris yeah. Jones. I would rather really? Mike Evans Whoa. in this offense than Chris Jones on this defense. Okay, Mike Tannenbaum, the other voice there, ESPN front office insider. That is... I believe a bold statement by Jeff. I believe that Jeff is as tied in as anyone in the league, uh, reporting on the league, excuse me. I just don't understand why we have all taken the, the seemingly obvious route of Kansas City was not built well this year and that all the drops they had really could impact them moving forward. I don't understand that versus the idea of what did they do? They have a Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Fame, second, maybe second best quarterback of all time right now in Patrick Mahomes. They have a first ballot Hall of Fame coach. They have a first ballot Hall of Fame tight end. They have money spent. Now, it may not be money well spent, but they have money spent on the offensive line, and they have the best defense that they've had in this championship era. Why don't we look at it that way and say, instead of saying, how do they upgrade wide receivers and then downgrade the defense, why not strengthen your strengths? Why not even go deeper into your defense and spend more on your defense and find and find potentially an opportunity at the wide receiver position below market value that somebody just wants to chase a ring with the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, the answer is because paying Chris Jones and paying Legereus Need might be punitive. It might not be possible to pay those guys each or both what they think they deserve, what they might want, and have as good a team as you had this year. The point that Jeff made when he says, in effect, the Chiefs can, can morph into whatever they need to is a really strong one to make. This year, they ranked 15th in offense, second in defense. Mm. The year prior, they ranked first in offense, and 16th in defense. So they, they had the exact opposite team. They won the Super Bowl in both of those seasons. I went through every back-to-back champion in the Super Bowl era. No team had ever gone back-to-back effectively 
by running that play the way that they did. Okay, so then let's ask this question. How do they beat... So there was 1st and 16th and 2nd... It was 1st uh, and 15th and 16th and 2nd. Okay, so let's call it 8 or 9. How do they become 8 or 9 in both? How do they become 8 or 9 in both? I'm not sure that should be the objective because offense is more important than defense and because offense year over year... But you're always going to be good in offense no matter what your rating is because of the fact that you have Patrick Mahomes. It's stickier, but your offense this year was merely average during the regular season, which is not a strategy. It was a... It was a good. It was a, it, it. was a valuable thing to be able to do. It is a skill. Winning when you're not great on offense is a skill, but it is not a strategy. What you should be doing is looking to maximize the number of points that you can score. Because Patrick Mahomes with Mike Evans in Jeff's case would be an absolutely unbelievable pairing, which you can add with the the like tail Tom end. Brady and Randy Moss, for example. Sure, and they never won a Super. Bowl. They never won a Super Bowl, but that's far too reductive because you don't do. You don't not do great things because that didn't happen to work because they had the best team that year because winning Super Bowls are random. The Chiefs just won the Super Bowl with their sixth best team in the last six years. But I don't agree with that. But by any reasonable standard of measure, that is true. Why? By by the number of wins they had in the regular season, by the— More games than when they started. By their point differential in the regular season. However you choose to evaluate their team front to back— this was the worst of their teams. In 2018, when they lose in overtime to— Wait, can I ask you a question sure. though, before you continue? You could say this is their worst team based on the numbers. Can I also combat that by saying if every one of these Chiefs teams were to play in a game, that this team actually could win all of those games because you, of their defense? You can, you can say whatever you want. Like th- this Chiefs team could cover Tyreek Hill. Not every one of those Chiefs teams could cover Tyreek Hill. In, in large part because Chris Jones is so dominant. And because they have great secondary play. They, they really do, and they've done a great job at rebuilding this thing on the fly. I'm looking at the best way to continue to win. And the best way to continue to win is not necessarily the way that you just want. That's how it works, because there are going to be people on your team that improve and others that regress, because the salary cap is going to be the reality of the situation. So just because they did it this way doesn't mean that they should keep doing it this way. I'm certain that the Chiefs' number one priority this offseason is to improve its offense. Because that's how Andy Reid thinks, and because how it's, and that's how uh, modern front offices think, too. And you think that their number one priority is to improve their offense over keeping their defense together. So at the cost of losing Chris Jones, Ajarius Sneed, anybody else, it will be okay because they get Mike Evans. But you're... Or in yes, theory. I think the answer is yes, because I think the answer is you're no not way. considering the possibility that so many of these young studs that they've drafted that are on their rookie contracts might still improve some more. The trajectory, but, not, but what about Rishi Rice? The trajectory of their defense is much greater than the trajectory of the offense minus Mahomes because of the players they have. They've been able to draft Karloftis and Bolton and McDuffie, and those are foundational pieces to what they're doing and should still theoretically get better. Chris Jones is going to require, I don't know, 30 or $35 million a year which is going to prevent you from doing a lot of other things. I think that paying anyone as much as you'll have to pay Chris Jones might be an unwise decision because Mahomes can elevate that. the whole roster I'm because not he's disagreeing with Mahomes. That. that part I'm not disagreeing with. So the reality of this, and this is Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport, brought to you by Chase, along with Hembo, Evan Cohen, in for Greeny today here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The reality of this is what a team like Kansas City can do that no other team out there can do in the NFL. Not Buffalo, not Baltimore, not Cincinnati, not anybody else that you think has a big-time quarterback. What they can do is as follows. They could say, let's determine 
how much money we want to spend at each position outside of quarterback. And we're never going to top that. And whoever fits in that, we can win that way. So if we want to spend, I'm making this up, $50 million along the defensive line, mm-hmm. that's what we're going to spend. If Chris Jones wants to take 32 of that, can the rest of the defensive line be you know, operational with $18 million left? And if the answer is no, you don't have to give him 32. You, you've asked me a bunch of times, what was the secret of the success with the Patriots that's non-obvious, the thing that we're not looking at necessarily, right? And I give you the, the quarterback that can outperform his contract, allows you to just continuously replace other guys, that everyone is nameless and faceless outside of number 12 in New England. Same thing in Kansas City. Maybe Kelsey looks at it, you know, we look at it a little differently. Maybe Chris Jones. If your contention, which I believe it is, correct me if I'm wrong, if your contention is it doesn't actually matter who's on the roster as long as Mahomes is, knowing that Andy Reid is going to make good decisions at supporting him, then you are right, and I cannot fight that off. If they decide to go with Mike Evans instead of Chris Jones, as Jeff Darlington, our ESPN NFL reporter, suggests, then do I believe it will work out? Yes. My fighting you on this is all about the idea of dismissing how they were built this year. Because if they can be be built any which way, then give them credit for how they were built this year. That's my point on that. They deserve credit for how they were built this year. When you're doing the Chris Jones or X uh, problem. Are you actually giving them credit for how they were built this year? Because it doesn't feel like you are. I'm giving them credit for how they were built this year insofar as having the number two defense in the NFL – and being able to win the way that they were, were able to in the playoffs, facing the number two, three, four, and six defense and holding them to 16 points a game is remarkable, especially when you consider it was the second youngest defense to ever win a Super Bowl behind only the year before. So what they did is remarkable in being able to turn around their defense and stay good on offense. And what I'm saying is that that is not a replicable strategy, and I would sooner pay Legereus Sneed and Mike Evans than pay Chris Jones. Understood. But blindly, if I told you before last season, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have a healthy Mahomes for the entirety of the season, and they're going to have the second-ranked defense this year. What do you think the end result is going to be? There is no year in which the Chiefs are going to have a top-five defense with Mahomes as their quarterback that is not going to end with them hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Okay, so they they were beautifully built last year. Beautifully, but having a defense that good year over year is much more difficult than having a great offense. It's just been proven time and time again in the NFL. When you chase defense, when you chase like when you chase point prevention, it's just a more difficult thing to do the way that the game is officiated so now. So that's actually the core of the argument. It's not that it's not sustainable because their offense will be stinky next year. Mm-mm. It's that you just do not believe you can have a top five defense twice in a row. I do not. I think it is very difficult, not since the Legion of Boom Seattle team that basically for five years in a row was the best team in the whole league. Have you seen teams been able to turn it over year over year over year and, and, and replicate that level of defensive success because the NFL doesn't allow it? So then what gets us to then moving into next year in the free agency period we're about to enter into in the franchise tag period, which starts today, what you're actually saying to dumb it down for somebody like myself and the audience maybe um, that's not as smart as you, what you're actually saying is you should assume if you're Kansas City, your defense is going to be worse, thus you need to score more points, and you can't score more points with the current roster on offense as is. That's exactly what I think. Coming up, we are watching a team waste one of the biggest stars, biggest talents in sports history. That player doesn't seem to mind. We'll continue that. We'll have that conversation, excuse me, Greeny, on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Is it time for Mike Trout to finally ask for a trade? There might be a time, maybe. I really haven't thought about this. You know, when I sign that contract, I'm loyal. You know, I want to win a championship here. He has a full no trade clause, so even if the Angels did want to move him, he would need to be on board with it. Well, don't worry. He doesn't want to be moved. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio. Hello, and Hembo Evan Cohen with you. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. I just yelled at you in the break. Yeah, I got scolded by a radio professional. Well, I'm going to bring to air what, what happened off the air here. Please, air Cam- my dirty laundry. Hembo said you can do that whenever you want now. Clearly, with what he's done. Mine at least makes a little bit more sense. Cam, and what's the other guy's name today? Uh, Nathan. Nathan. Cam and Nathan. It's are, Nick. Whatever. Uh, are back in Bristol, and we're in New York City at the seaport. And Hembo just gets up when he pleases when Cam is trying to talk to him. And Cam, twice while you got up, said, Hembo, here's what I'm thinking, and you weren't there. I just think it's common courtesy to let him know, hey, I'll be right back. So if I need to take a quick pit stop, yeah. which I just did during a break, right. I'm obligated to inform our producer in advance that I'm going to be gone for a few minutes? Yeah, you have to, it's, like, it's like you're in class. You have to ask. Yeah. Raise your hand if possible. No, because like, this is, in that example... That's not an example. That's practical. Okay, fair. In that practical example, this is between classes. I don't have to go tell someone I'm going to the next class if the bell rings. No, you're wrong. How I'm, am I wrong? And Cam got mad at me for getting mad at you. I did not get mad. You, it's just not right. Like He's trying to talk to you. This is your show you're a part of. It's our show. I'm the fill-in host. I'm thrilled to be here. You guys know that. But I think it is common courtesy to just simply let Cam know I'll be right back because there's plenty, despite what it may sound like, that goes on on this show. Yeah, it's obviously very heavy content in between segments. Cam, is this a is this a recurring issue that you need me to work on? No, I even told Evan when he brought it up that it was fine. I just wanted you know a couple things on the table that we were going to get to here Mm -hmm. to make sure that we know uh, what we're going to talk about. Evan, my question for you then is: Are you trying to like impart knowledge and wisdom upon me, or are you just trying to like nag on me because you and I have not gotten along so well today? (laughs) We haven't gotten along. I mean, that's how I've perceived the show to be. Oh, wearing the same thing. Yeah, I haven't perceived that at all. I'm just. Here's what I'm really doing. Mm. I'm trying to kiss up to Cam a little bit because last time he was mad at us. 
<laughs> Cam had a cranky day. Yeah. So cranky now day. it's like, how do I figure out the way of it carried over Cam. into the next week? And then the more Hembo calls me cranky, the crankier I get. Mm. So he's very easily triggered. Yeah, I don't know if I would say that. That's a strong word. Can you? No, you were you're very easily triggered. Did we ever get to the bottom of why you became so cranky last week for reasons that we never really decided on the air? Did you figure it out amongst yourselves? Uh, you guys were being jerks for no reason, so that didn't help. But See, am I part of that? You guys? I resent the implication. No, it was you know that was a show thing that I was getting frustrated with you guys for the previous week but then you just started you know bringing stuff up for no reason that didn't need to be uh picked at and uh it got me a little uh, agitated is he talking to me or you i think he's talking no to you me. and greeny so who's you Evan hembo, okay. hembo okay so this is why this is why emotion or an, an unnecessary aspect of our discourse because if you didn't have them like i don't these things wouldn't bother you cam like people could say and do things to you and and in my case i say and do things to you that are in good taste i even bought you a coffee gift card last that was week. very nice of you yes you're welcome and there's no you didn't say thank you uh not until now and there's no <laughs> and there's no reason I'll, I'll pull up my text for you to take umbrage with anything that i say or do in good faith it's such an interesting thing he's like hembo is so right about this yet it is impossible to be when i thought cam was annoyed like i i was really I felt guilty. I'm like, God, I got to reach out to him. Yeah, we talked and, about it after the show. Yeah, like, I on the like, way home. When we were walking, you and I. Oh, we, you and I. Yeah, yeah. We were walking yeah, exactly. out. Exactly. I felt guilty about it. <laughs> you have no feelings. No, because you're not the only one. By the way, Greeny, the next morning, or yeah. one of the next mornings in which Cranky Cam was um, emerging, asked me like in his office, "Do we think that we actually have a problem here?" And I said, "Of course not." But apparently we did. <laughs> you don't even notice this stuff. It's remarkable. Oh, boy. All right. Anyway, it is Greeny here on ESPN Radio. Text from me to okay. Hembo on uh, February 12th at 9.49 a.m. Got your Starbucks gift card. Appreciate it very much, man. Just want that on the record. So from okay. February 12th, was that before or after your blow up? I think before, and I take it back. <laughs> you, t- you take back I'll the still, thank you? I'll still buy the coffee, but I don't want to thank you for it anymore. You're, huh. a, good, you're a good man. He retracted the thank you. What a move by Cam. <laughs> we the, regret the thank the you retraction. You don't see that often. You can't retract we the thank you. you. We can't retract hey, the thank you, though, and then the also use you. the gift card then. Then you, then you can't use the gift card. Oh, you have to retract the gift card and the thank you? Yeah, like I need a $10 refund. The thank you's in writing, so I can't really take it back. Uh, but if I did. could, I would. Just, That's hilarious. He's such a sensitive, he's such a cranky Cam. He's the so free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and help you save time and money down the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Mike Trout, Hembo is, you know baseball better than anybody, is one of the greatest players to ever play the sport, correct? Correct. Is he the greatest player to ever sport, play the sport? Um, no, he is not the greatest player to ever play the sport. But he May is, he become the greatest player ever? He is the, he is the best baseball player since Henry Aaron, excluding Barry Bonds, if you choose to exclude Barry Bonds for having okay. used steroids. So generational baseball oh, yeah. player, right? Has been on the Angels the entirety of his career, played in the postseason one year in 2014, if I'm not mistaken, was one for 12 um, at bat in that series for the Angels. There's been tons of trade speculation. Would he ask for one? Would they grant his trade request? Would they go to him and ask him if he wanted to be moved? And Mike Trout had this to say from spring training about his future. I think the biggest thing right now is I think the easy way out is just ask for a trade. There might be a time, maybe. Uh, I've, I really haven't thought about this, but you know when I signed that contract, I, I'm loyal. You know I want to win the championship here, and um, 
yeah, that's I mean that's that's mainly. I think the 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 overall picture of winning a championship or getting to the playoffs here is bigger satisfaction, bailing out and just taking the easy way out. So I think that's that's why been my mindset. Maybe down the road if something's changed, but that's been my mindset ever since the trade speculations you know came up. So, so that's where I'm at. You know, we live in the ring culture of sports. And what I mean by that is when you live that iconic life of an athlete that you have accomplished what Mike Trout has accomplished, when you're compared to your peers, we bring up rings. We do not do that when it's Trent Dilfer versus Dan Marino, right? Trent Dilfer, quarterback Baltimore Ravens, deserves tons of credit for winning the Super Bowl. Trent Dilfer would never say he's better than Dan Marino, right? So when people say, oh, if rings are all you care about, do you think that Trent Dilfer is better than Dan Marino? No, but when I think when comparing Dan Marino to John Elway and Joe Montana, can rings be brought up? Yeah, because those are his peers. We care more about rings today than we ever have in the history of sports talk and conversation. I don't know how Mike Trout has pulled this off, but there is not a single player in sports in recent memory that has done more with less pressure to ever win than Mike Trout. Nobody cares if he wins. He has successfully accomplished his goal of us not caring about him. I oddly respect that. No one cares about him. No one. No one is going to sit there and say, if he plays his entire career with the Angels and never wins a thing, we are never going to hold it against him like we have in the arguments that you and I on this set have had about Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Now about Brock Purdy in the mix, about Jalen Hurts. We have had these arguments. Kevin Durant needs to go to the Warriors. James Harden has never won a championship. Could he, Paul George never won a championship. Mike Trout is arguably better at his sport than any of those people that I just mentioned, and never do we hold the ring thing against him. We have success, he has successfully figured out a way for us to not care about him ever. Yeah, Mike Trout is both refreshing and tragic. He really is. On one hand, it is refreshing for a generational player to operate with a, a loyalty and a humility that players of yesteryear did that we absolutely romanticize about. And I think his lack of obsession with his legacy is actually quite healthy in today's climate, climate and is very much the antithesis of what we often see from quarterbacks and superstars in the NBA. But all of that comes at the expense of capital B baseball and its fans because of course loyalty is a two-way street Mike Trout has more than kept up his end of the bargain and the team has obviously not so to date I think the best way I could sum it up is Mike Trout has enjoyed a career of immense value but absolutely no consequence and because of that to date Mike Trout is a baseball tragedy that's the easiest way that I can put it. If Mike Trout retired tomorrow, if he retired tomorrow, how much time are we spending on on our shows? I mean, honestly, if he retires tomorrow, we're on Unsportsman Like with Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, and myself, and you and Greeny tomorrow. Segment or two? I think we minor in it, but I don't think we major in it. It's, it's not, just not a thing. It's not a thing, and that is so bizarre and candidly unforgivable considering just how great he is. Unforgivable He's, towards whom? Or is it who? Just in general. Okay. Because Mike Trout's going to play this year at 32 and will likely pass Chipper Jones and George Brett and Bob Gibson in career war. His batting line at this point in his career is sandwiched between Stan Musial and Mickey Mantle on the all-time list. He's finished top five in MVP voting 
nine times, which is tied for the third most ever. All of those came through the age of 28. You set this up perfectly. We are talking about an inner circle Hall of Famer. He could retire tomorrow and five years from tomorrow walk into the Hall of Fame, if not unanimously, nearly unanimously, and rightfully so. It just goes to show you that baseball is different than the other sports, man. Okay, so career-wise, better career than I'm going to give you a couple of players here in recent memory. You tell me if he's had a better career, because I want to just point something out here. Has he had a better career than Albert Pujols? Not to date. Miguel Cabrera? Yes. You just brought up Chipper Jones? Yes. Okay. Um, Barry Bonds, you said no. Barry Bonds comes with an asterisk. Ken Griffey Jr.? Better than Ken Griffey Jr. Better than A-Rod? Better than A-Rod. Do you disagree with any of those answers? Jr.'s hard for me just because childhood right like when you're growing up and there's a coolness factor his defense is phenomenal not that Trout's is not I'm not saying that I gotta be honest I don't even know how many times I've seen Trout play like I'm I'm being serious like I don't know how many times I feel like yeah you know what let's sit back and watch Mike Trout play it's just ridiculous what this career has been from a lack of attention but it's also because he doesn't want us focused on him like you are a Philly guy Cam is a Philly guy if Theoretically, and my trout, for those who don't know, Jersey Philly guy, who, and you probably don't because why you know nothing about him other than he likes the weather. Uh, if he were to pre- be presented an opportunity to go back to the Phillies today or go back to Philadelphia and play for the Phillies today, would he want to do it? Uh, no. I, because you don't think he would want to? I have spent the last 10 years of my life fantasizing about Mike Trout playing for the Phillies. Okay. And if he ever does, it will be an upset because Mike Trout has had the exact career that he wants. So who am I to say that he should act like LeBron James or act like fill-in-the-blank superstar that forces his way in or out of places. That's not in his character. Mike Trout, in the end, though, is far too agreeable to actually have a career of consequence because it was not foreseen. It was not foreseeable that the, the, the Angels would become this. It was foreseen. When he signed that contract extension before he reached free agency, at that point, I knew that Mike Trout lacked the discernment to be a killer because Mike Trout had all the evidence he needed that said... The Angels are never going to be great. And, and I want to go to Cam on this as a fellow Philly guy, but I just want to point something out. If you were to take the players that Mike Trout played with over the course of the decade plus there and create an all-star team, it's ridiculous. Pujols, Otani, Hamilton, Rendon. I'm probably forgetting a few, obviously, off the top of my they head They signed here. everybody. They signed everybody. <laughs> Cam, do you think he would go back to Philly if presented that opportunity? I think in the right circumstance, maybe even a couple years down the line, maybe. But I more wanted to point out, and I think this is a conversation we've had on this show, Hembo. I think baseball itself, the sport, is where we don't pay as much attention because it's so singular at bat, at bat, at bat. And you can't really script who's going to be up for the big moment like you can in the NFL or the NBA where rings matter less to the legacies. Like Ted Williams played in the postseason one time. Ernie Banks never played in the postseason. So I don't think Mike Trout is wholly unique in that regard. But just because it's happening now in the ring-chasing era of sports in general, we can pay a little more attention to it. Obviously, we don't pay enough a, a bunch of attention to it. But I think baseball itself separates itself from other sports that it, it doesn't have that ring-chasing mentality as much. Cam, I totally disagree. Hmm. I disagree in the moment, right? Oh, so maybe, no, oh, sorry. Historically, in the moment, you may be right, okay? Here's why I disagree in the moment, uh, historically. When I was growing up, back in my day, pitchers pitched seven to nine innings, every great starting pitcher. We would have promos here on ESPN where it would be Roger Clemens and Dwight Gooden and Mike Scott 
you know, the Astros in the mid-'80s scuffing the baseball. We talked for a long time about the fact that Greg Maddox, Pedro Martinez, and Clayton Kershaw did not win until they won, right? It was the pitcher that was the ring guy because they were never just pitching four or five innings on a pitch count because of the analytics. They were pitching seven to nine innings Every five days, and sometimes in the postseason, every three days. It was the pitcher that we cared so much about. They were the quarterbacks before the quarterbacks were as big as they are in today's day and age. So there was the ring chaser then. And this is the thing. Cam has presented an interesting topic, and we can get you guys to weigh in on this at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, about the biggest, quote-unquote, waste of talent in sports history. Where I think it's different than some of the names that, that may come out there, I'll just use one, like Barry Sanders, is I think the team failed Barry Sanders in that era. Mike Trout chooses to do this. This is a different era of sports. This is the I'm going to ask out at any time I feel like it because it is widely accepted to do that now. And it's okay that Mike Trout doesn't. I can't, like, I'm okay with Kevin Durant ring chasing in Golden State, and I'm okay with Mike Trout staying in, in Anaheim. I'm okay with both because that is their decision as to what they want to do. But let's not get it twisted. Mike Trout's choice is for us to never care about him. And that's a baseball tragedy. The most consequential moment of Mike Trout's baseball career came in the World Baseball Classic last year when Shohei Otani struck him out. His own teammate. His own teammate at the time. What I don't understand for the life of me, as someone who played baseball all the way through college and has watched much more of Mike Trout than I'd like to admit, having, having him be my, my, my homepage on MLB TV and been obsessed with him early in his career, is, is how he doesn't burn hotter for, for wanting that again. Like, I don't know how you could experience the emotion, me, me of all people saying this, um, I don't know how you could experience the emotion of the WBC and those crowds and that environment and those stakes, and not say to yourself, I want the rest of my career to feel like that. Mike Trout, in that soundbite we played earlier, says he's never given any thought to the idea of playing for someone else. Well, here's the other question I would ask Mike Trout. What means more to you, the World Series title or your privacy? And it's okay if privacy is your answer. Like, nobody knows him. Nobody notices him. He could come in, he, he could be literally working one of the cameras here. He's the least recognizable, He could be immoral. sitting here with us. He could be doing it. Like, w- literally, Mike Trout could be behind. I don't know that he's skillful enough to work a camera like this. <laughs> I would never know how to do this. This is remarkable. And now that I'm actually really studying how many wires are here and the technology that we have here. But anyway, like, nobody knows who he is. And I think that is his passion. How do I go into the Hall of Fame? Nameless and faceless. And that's okay. It's okay. He has rendered himself a sympathetic figure. No. Is- no, he's not. Yes, he has. Oh, my God. He has it's re- his choice. Yes, but public sympathy is on his side. How do you have sympathy for him? Because the angels have inarguably failed him. Okay, but he keeps choosing to be there with them. I, mean, he, I have no sympathy for Mike He signed whatsoever. a contract, and he's honoring it, right? And the reason I want to be honest is because we loved it for Ernie Banks and for Stan Musial and for Brooks Robinson and for Cal Ripken Jr., so we can't both love that and hate this. I don't, I have no, we can revisit this coming up. I have absolutely no sympathy because I don't think his case requires sympathy. Also, the more I think about what Cam said, and Cam is young, so in his era of baseball, he's right about the ring chasing. I think back to the 93 World Series Philadelphia. I think back to the bloody sock. Leave the the, the ridiculous, absurd, um, off the field stuff to the side for a second. 
Kurt Schilling was as big of a big game pitcher and that moment pitchers we ever I think he should be a Hall of Famer. Agreed. I don't the, the politics has nothing to do with baseball. Like that guy was such a big game pitcher Killer. and we and we cared about the mm-hmm. rings in those moments in a way that we don't now. Cam in your era of baseball, you're right. Back in our day, there was that ring chasing. There was that significance around winning, especially from that starting pitcher. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Hembo. Went to dinner at 2.20 p.m. over the weekend. That's right. Um, we scheduled our... <laughs> I'm Evan Cohen, by the way. We scheduled our dinner for Friday at 3.30, as listeners of this show know. I couldn't wait that long. Um, I, I much prefer to do things much earlier in the day than the average person, so we wound up going to dinner at 2.20 instead of 3.30, which I've, I've been told is unacceptable. Are you going to agree with everyone else on this? A 2.20 dinner. When was bedtime on that night? That I slept went? at like uh, 8.30. It was a Friday, so, so I stayed up. six hours between dinner time and bedtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess if somebody has dinner at 6 p.m. and going to sleep at midnight. Right, just doing the math. I just, I, just, eh. I just live my life like six hours before everyone you know, basically. Cam, what is your normal dinner time and sleep time? Let's see if he's on to something here. You might be uh, Sorry, I was, an- I was answering a call. Well, you've got to tell us when you're not going to be there, Cam. I yeah, that is, <laughs> that is my bad. I know that's show policy around here. Uh, I usually eat dinner, depending on the day, probably I would say closer to 8, and then I'm going to bed at like midnight or something. Okay, so there's a four-hour You hour eat dinner at 8? Yeah. Is, and, is that, Sometimes later. Is that common? Do people do that? Depends on what your work schedule is, Hembo. I don't I have to get up. I only think about yeah. you, but... <laughs> so that would... I don't have to get up till like 7.30, 8. Well, I mean, you choose not to get up until then, because when I reach oh, out to I you in the mornings, you very rarely get back to me until like nine. Because I work until four or five. You I know don't what work I've until twelve. Him? Cam, I've noticed about Hembo. No matter who he texts, nobody responds. <laughs> That's interesting. It's really amazing. And maybe there's like, a common I, denominator here. Yeah, I waited. There was a big text the other night, and I'm like, all right, maybe I should wait for the producers of the actual show to respond. I'm like, well, nobody is, so I'll do it. So, do you think it's me or yes. the hour? At which I text. Oh, no. You text at a normal hour. I think it's you. So you think... You have, you have abnormally long text, I will say. Well, in this particular case, it was content <laughs> idea. So I would understand. you prefer I email that? Mm. No, it's fine. It's fine. I just it doesn't want you seem to, fine. It, you know what's funny? In, normal humans would have this in their own head of when I text and they don't text back. It, it, he doesn't care. He doesn't even care if he's the reason for it. It's, I wish I was like you. I actually wish I was like you. I'm going to do me, Yeah, I, bro. Okay. Well, now we've jumped the shark officially. Um... I want to, we're going to get to calls here on Trout, but I'm actually bothered by something you've said. Oh. How could you have sympathy for a man in my Trout that seems insanely happy with his decisions in life? Yeah. I'm not bringing up money because I don't think money equals happiness. I just don't. And even success sometimes doesn't seem to equal happiness. Decision-making on your own terms really, to me, is a great key to get to the place you want to get to in life of, I'm going to do what I want, how I want to do it, regardless of what anyone else says. I have no sympathy for Mike Trout and all of the losing seasons because of the fact that these are all his decisions to stay in one place. Okay, so I want to make clear. I personally 
don't view Mike Trout as a sympathetic figure. He, he is sleeping in the bed that he made. Yes. And as a Phillies fan who has wanted to see him in a Phillies uniform for his entire career, I resent the fact that he's decided to toil in anonymity in Los Angeles. However, I think public consensus is that Mike Trout is a sympathetic figure because he has been loyal to a team that has failed him. Cam, do you think that, do you view Mike, do you think the public views Trout more as a sympathetic figure or more has whatever you think Evan might say he is perceived as? I think he is definitely viewed sympathetically. I think that could be starting to shift as he stays there longer and longer and not having any desire it seems to go anywhere when it's early in his career and he keeps having these MVP seasons and they're not going to the playoffs they get Shohei Otani and they're still not winning most people view that team sympathetically that Mm -hmm. they weren't able to do anything with those two and it's the owner's fault it's the management's fault it's the bad pitching's fault I think with these comments and we're we're in Mike Trout's like 13th year and he still doesn't seem to want to go anywhere and he knows probably that he's not going to win here I think it could start to shift more towards what Evan's saying you're making your own bed don't complain he's not complaining but he's not exactly no that's the thing he's not complaining but don't don't expect anyone to continue to view you as sympathetically as they previously did Hmm. if you're just going to stay here your entire career and not want to win Todd in Colorado joins us here in Greeny on ESPN radio what's up Todd hey I appreciate you guys letting me come in uh, first and foremost, I just wanted to say, of my lifetime, Mike Trout is by far the best baseball player I have ever seen. Seen him live numerous times. Secondly, I think this is a residual effect of baseball and its ultimate decline over the three or four decades that I've been watching baseball. And lastly, the prime example that makes this whole conversation kind of ludicrous is that Dan Marino is as much of a savant at his at, at being a quarterback as Mike Trout is at playing baseball, and nobody on this panel or any expert of any ilk would speak anything badly of Dan Marino for staying all those years in Miami and never getting close except for one time. Yeah, but wait, whoa, 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 Todd, 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 that's like not even, and thanks for the phone call, not even remotely true on this. Dan Marino, there's nothing bad to say about Dan Marino. He chose to stay in Miami, and that is okay. Unfortunately, probably the thing that is most attached to Dan Marino because it's established his Hall of Fame career is that he didn't win a championship. We only bring that up with the greats, and my whole, the, the, the purpose of my conversation and argument here is I have never seen an athlete as great as Trout less associated with anyone caring at all if he's won a championship. Uh, it's very bizarre. The difference between Nobody Trout, cares. Nobody cares. The difference between Trout and Marino, uh, among other things, is that Marino started 18 playoff games. Mike Trout's team hasn't had a winning record in nine years. The, with the Angels, the Angels' inability to build around Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth in, in the time in which they had Mike Trout... And Shohei Otani, both in their primes, is unfathomable. It is the kind of thing, retroactively, for which you make 
a tragic documentary. And if Mike Trout winds up spending the entirety of his career there winning nothing, it will be a tragedy for Capital B Baseball and fans everywhere that die to see him succeed. But if you and I love to be on the radio, which we do, and we work with the producer, let's call him, I don't know, Nick, mm. and he doesn't know how to turn on our microphones, and we continue to stay on that, at, with that radio station with Nick for 10 years, and our microphones are never on, at some point that's on us because nobody hears us. And nobody should feel badly for us. Correct. Even though people to date do. Because we have to work with the because hypothetical Nick. Because we're honoring our contract with Nick. I don't feel badly for Trout. I'm sorry. I don't. This is his choice. He's happy. It's on him. Carlin versus Joe coming up next. We're Greeny on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.